Welcome back to the podcast on everything. I'm your host, Dan Berlin. And today's episode is Super Bowl preview with CJ Ponzo. Everyone remembers CJ. CJ, I'm just going to go out there. I put $10,000 on the Rams to win 23 to 20 exact score. Uh, what do you think my shots are? That's a that's a pretty bold prediction there, man. I like your odds. I like your odds. Yeah, hopefully it comes true. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just messing with you guys. Um, if you have been paying attention to the NFL, the Super Bowl was about three weeks ago, two weeks ago. <laughs> it's been a while, and uh, we missed our boat. We just we got busy. Things happened. Um, so what we're going to do for today's episode is we're going to recap the Super Bowl and give out some podcasts, some TPOE awards for NFL teams and players today. And this is going to be a fun thing. We've invited these teams and these players to accept these awards tonight. I don't know if anyone replied. CJ, did anyone reply to you that no, was I mean, nominated? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> only only one I heard from was uh, AB. <laughs> Instagram message. Yeah. Well, if he wins, I guess we can we can mail it to him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's get into that Super Bowl that we were supposed to talk about and give you guys the prediction on. We both were going to pick the Rams for the record. Um, so we would have won that, but, uh, how'd you, how'd you, how would you rate the game? Was it one of the best of all time, a good Super Bowl or unwatchable? So I actually thought it was a pretty good Super Bowl. Um, I thought the game was pretty good. It was a competitive game. Kind of went back and forth there. Um, better, better than I expected really. You know, we, we talked and we both thought the Rams were going to win the Super Bowl. We both kind of doubted the Bengals every week, or especially me, going in. But um, I thought they came out and, and did some good things and kind of um, were able to have more success than I thought. Like, really, uh, even the sacks. Like, they didn't take a lot of sacks in the first half of the game, in the first quarter of the game, whatever. Uh, and I thought, you know, Aaron Donald wasn't really doing anything um, at first. So, I don't know. I thought it was more competitive than I expected. And uh, it took a little longer for the Rams to kind of turn things up a notch, but you know, ended up being a close game. It was a it was a good game. I wouldn't say it's like one of the best Super Bowls ever, um, but it was competitive. And you know, it's been a few the last few years that weren't weren't that weren't that competitive. So, <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think it was an overall a good a good game. At some points, you know, I kind of lost focus and started doing some other things when. They weren't really marching, but once that fourth quarter came in, you know, I was locked in because I was like, all right, it's a close game. I'm focused. It looked like the Bengals could pull away at some points, and then, you know, the Rams' defense would kind of hold them in. So the game was within, like, seven points for most of the most of the second half, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but it looked like the Rams in the beginning were just going to blow this game away. And then it came down to, all right, the Rams need to – score here or it's done and the crazy thing about it is was those penalties over and over and over again yeah and it's like they're going to the same person they're going to cup like you know it they know it 
Um, right. I felt bad for Beckham for getting hurt. Um, cause he was having probably the MVP, um, award yeah. that night at what he was doing. But I kind of thought the Bengals were going to pull it out at the end. So I was kind of like, Oh man, like the underdog's going to win. And then, <laughs> and then Donald just comes through and I was like, Oh, of course, this is what, this is what I expected. You know, Rams yeah. are going to win. Um, I mean, great players are going to make plays, right? Uh, yeah. That was kind of disappointing. That like one of the frustrating things to watch was once Odell Beckham got hurt, no one on the Rams like stepped up outside of Cooper Cup. Like it, it was like mm-hmm. play after play, guys are dropping the ball, nobody's getting open. And I'm like, it's just frustrating to watch. Like I'm like, dude, somebody has to be able, you know, like Van Jefferson. I think he was a high draft pick. Like he was a second or third round pick. I think a couple of years ago. Like. You know, his dad played in the NFL. I'm like, come on, dude, step up, like, <laughs> make a play. Um, and then, you know, the first half, I was kind of disappointed in like the Rams' defense. They were, uh, I don't want to say they're playing conservative, but they they were just like rushing four over and over again. And the Bengals had more blockers than they did, and it took them like half the game to finally, you know, start shifting things. Uh, they lined up over the center, so then, you know, then the uh, Rams couldn't double team them. I mean, the Bengals couldn't double-team them, and then that's when they started getting a lot of sacks and the game changed. But, yeah, I mean, it was close. It was a nail-biter there at the end. Um, but, I, you know, once once they started sacking him left and right, I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of done. But it, they did, you know, they did have a nice little drive there at the end. They made it close. But, um, you know, I kind of figured one of those dudes would make a play. Jalen Ramsey got cooked a lot in that game too, by the way. Yeah, he did. And I, I was kind of surprised. And they called him out on it a few times during the night. Because yeah. um, it was a big play, twelve seconds into the second half, yeah. he got burned for like seventy-four yards. And he and, he uh, actually he fell on the game the the yeah. play that Aaron or I mean that Aaron Donald had the sack at the end. Uh, Jalen Ramsey fell and Jamar Chase was wide open. So <laughs> yeah, I mean I I went back. They showed it like the next day when I was watching it, and they like highlighted it and like had Aaron Donald not made that play, he was, he was wide open. Jalen, Jalen Ramsey fell. That would have been, you know, devastating for him because he already had a rough night. Yeah. Yeah. It, it became, and this is the last thing I'll say, like at some point it was just punt after punt after punt. It seemed like, yeah. and it was like you said with uh, the Rams, like someone just wasn't stepping up and you're like, it's, it was kind of like get to that point where it's like, all right, the person that's not a big NFL fan, are they going to still watch this game? Because they kind of watch it for scoring and highlights. And it yeah. was becoming like a defensive battle at a at a point. Um, for sure. But I, I'm, I'm glad the ending was like this nail-biter that had you on the edge of your seat. Um, I feel you, disappointing uh... for the Bengals' defense because you knew the Rams were going to score in some way. Right. And there's right. nothing they could do. They just – <laughs> yeah, they were just trying not to give up the touchdown, but they just had too many plays and opportunities to do it. What did you uh, What you think of the halftime show? I gotta ask. Um, I didn't watch much of it, so one of the things that annoyed me in the NFL this year, and we'll go back. So one of the craziest story nominees is the John Gruden thing. Oh yeah, but, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But the NFL was mad at John Gruden for those comments he made 10 years ago or eight years ago, whenever it was. Right. right. And how offensive they were. But they were okay with Eminem and Snoop Dogg 
with all the offensive things they've said in their careers doing the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. and I was like, political stance, huh? Yeah, I was like, hey man, like if you want to give it a good, and that's cool, but then and don't put these guys up there and get on your high horse like John Gruden screwed up, but these guys also didn't screw up, like, and they've never apologized. Uh, but John Gruden at least apologized for the things he did. I mean, he he apologized huh. to save his save his ass, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the uh, funny thing about I wasn't John really Gruden. into it um, because of that. But I think I I heard it was for the most part pretty good. I heard there was a little contra- controversy with Snoop Dogg and Crip Walkin. Um, supposedly he was oh, doing and he wore his, his blood his uh, blood co- or his Crip colors. <laughs> <laughs> you watch different news than me, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you got going on here. Well, I mean, it's newsworthy. You gotta you gotta notice these things. He's wearing like blue bandanas, <laughs> and he's an Oakland yeah. Raiders fan. You know, right, right. So yeah. they're saying he was trying to rep uh, the Rams, but I'm like, you've been a Raiders fan your whole life. You can't be a Rams fan tonight, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, it it, it was. Uh, there's been some weird ones. I thought it was pretty. Yeah. I thought it was pretty decent. I, I, uh, you know, I like rap music, obviously, but I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of hard to hear them at times. Like the mics weren't okay. like it wasn't clear. It was kind of like distorted a little bit um, at at points, but. uh I don't know, man. I feel like, you know, a lot of times the Super Bowl show is like, which was still the case there. Most of those guys are old, but a lot of times it's somebody who's been like washed up for two or three years. And then like, you know, like you watch, you're like, it's Maroon 5. You're like, dude, who cares <laughs> to see Maroon? Who cares to see Maroon 5 at the halftime show? I I don't. I mean, I guess the week, it was the weekend last year. Which yeah, like weekend last year. Um, he's weird I'm trying to too. remember who was before then. But yeah, but you can kind of say the same because, you know, we're both hip hop fans, but you can say the same for the people they had, except for maybe Kendrick Lamar. Like, when was the last time, like, Snoop Dogg had an album that people were, like, saying it was amazing? He comes out with great singles, like, every couple of years, yeah. but album wise, and then Dr. Dre, like, I think well, it's, before, L- it's LA, though. It was in LA. It's you LA. That's you I know. know. <laughs> is like a West Coast is a West Coast thing. I don't know. What, you know, I guess Eminem fit in because he's he was with their record label. But yeah. you know, most of, most of them were like West Coast people. And I actually called the Fifty Cent thing before the show. I'm like, dude, Fifty Cent's got to come out because he was with all those dudes too. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean Snoop definitely. You know, they're definitely a little older. Eminem's obviously still got stuff. Kendrick's got yeah. stuff. Um, but I mean, like a couple of years ago, it was Shakira and Jennifer Lopez. I even know like Jennifer Lopez still made music, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. Cool. We grew up like loving Jennifer Lopez, I guess, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah. we can get, we can get back to football. I was just curious, <laughs> just curious what you thought about that. I didn't uh, know you were but, boycotting. <laughs> no, I wasn't boycotting it. I also, um, just full disclosure. I'm also not an Eminem fan. Oh, I see. Um, I, I was, you said he did some stuff. I was like, Oh, what do you do? I was trying to figure um, out what you like. Just the way like, like, you know, if you go back to any of their lyrics, except probably Dr. Dre, they've all said some things that if you, if they wanted to analyze it, they could be like, is that is that worse than what Gruden did? And we kept Gruden out the league. But these guys are going to be Gruden isn't an heart. entertainer, my guy. He's not <laughs> an entertainer. <laughs> that's like that's like comparing with like, I don't know, what one of these football coaches say to a wrestler, man. One of these guys are entertainers. They're not. <laughs> I mean, they all. 
I don't know Kendrick to ever say anything. Dre's got a pretty, I mean, Dre beat up women and stuff like that. He's got pretty crazy background too. So yeah, Yeah, I don't, I don't mean the whole Gruden thing is funny to me because nothing, nothing else leaked from the Washington thing, but Gruden stuff like, yeah, come on. There's obviously more to it than just what Gruden (laughs) said. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They definitely wanted him out. Um, Cause there was how many thousands of emails and only, (laughs) only those get leaked. So yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. It's a little strange, but yeah, I, I didn't boycott it. I'm just not a big Eminem fan because him and uh, my favorite rapper have always had had beef for 25 years. Who's your favorite uh, rapper? Cannabis. Oh God! <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll play his new stuff. He just had an album. He had a few, two albums come out in the last three months, and one has no choruses, like five minute long, just tracks. But I'm like, no one's going to talk about it. But if if Eminem does a five minute track with no chorus, everyone's like, oh, it's awesome. What? <laughs> sounds <laughs> sounds like you got some some deep rooted Eminem hatred, man. I do. Well, it goes they they go back. Their hatred goes back a while, and and doesn't <laughs> doesn't stop. <laughs> one of them lived on, and the other one's kind of like in history somewhere. Right. He's in he's in a hip hop hall of fame, but I don't know how big. <laughs> That hip hop hall of fame is, but he's still making music. <laughs> but um, yeah. Now what? Now just the last. Where would this halftime show rank out of some of the ones you've seen? Top fives. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it would be top five because of just my age and you know the kind of music I like growing up. My my favorite two halftime shows I've ever seen are the the Prince one and the Michael Jackson. So those, so, those two are my favorite. So I looked up top halftime shows of all time, and those are basically one, two, or top in the three. Prince is number one by all. And yeah, Michael I think Jackson Prince was the best one. Yeah, Michael Jackson was the first person to do the halftime show, which I didn't know. I didn't. I, they was like marching bands and stuff before, and oh, they got Michael idea. Jackson. He came out and was like, "Yeah, I'll do the halftime show." And then everyone, and then it just blew up to what it is now. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a I lot think, of it's a lot of pop stuff, man. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really get into pop music. I like Adam Levine, you know, but uh, you know, here bringing out Maroon Five, man. I, you know, uh, the Bruno Mars one was pretty cool too. I like Bruno Mars. Yeah, the the good one about Katy Perry was the shark dancing on the side like crazy. That might have been three years ago. You remember that one? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Katy Perry's? Yeah, there, there was somebody else like her too. Not Katy Perry. One more, one more of the big kind of pop. I'm surprised Drake hasn't done one yet. Like, I feel like they were gonna pick a rapper. They should, like, I don't know. I feel like Drake's pretty safe. You know, <laughs> he raps about love and money and music. Like, what? But he's Canadian. Like, this is like an American football thing. he's wrapped up in nba right just let him keep doing his nba stuff picking a new a new team his new favorite team every week um yeah but um are we ready to get into these awards i'm ready man let's roll yeah i know i know the the audience has been ready so let's cue the music
and that keeps on going like that for a while. So we won't end it there. Yeah, this is the podcast on everything NFL awards. And we have team awards and some player awards that we're going to be giving out tonight. The host of this award show, CJ Ponzo and Dan Berlin. We will be going back and forth with the nominations and teams. Um, the team awards we will do first. And let's start off on a low light. The most disappointing team of the year. So the nominees are the Indianapolis Colts, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or the not Cavaliers, who am I talking? <laughs> Cleveland Browns, <laughs> Arizona Cardinals, and the Seattle Seahawks. CJ, do you want to make the announcement? Yeah, I'll make it. Are you going to drum roll? No, no drum roll. <laughs> Seattle Seahawks, most disappointing team in the league. Seattle, come in, pick up your award. Last year, or two years ago, you were 12-4 and four winning the division. This year, you're the only team in your division to not make the playoffs. Lost five more games than the previous year. And now people are talking about a rebuild. Russell Wilson may not be there anymore. Who knows what's going on? I say that is disappointing to a to a twelve and four season. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. No need, no need to comment. They were so bad that the quarterback's going to be on a new team next year. <laughs> yep, most improved team. Uh, do you want to do the drum roll? Oh, first off, uh, the nominees are the San Francisco 49ers, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. And the award goes to. Where's my drum roll? Where's my drum roll? <laughs> I gave it to you. You couldn't hear it. <laughs> okay, thank you. Guess, the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals, you can accept your award now for being the most improved team. You were runners up in the Super Bowl. This year, Super Bowl 56. And the previous year, you were 10 and 7. You did win, or you were 10 and 7 this year. The previous year, 4 and 11. Yeah, you were 4 and 11 and were at the bottom of your division. You won four road play or three road playoff games. You knocked out the number one seed, you knocked out the number two seed. And you almost beat the Rams to win it all. So congratulations on being the most improved team. Hurts me to say it. <laughs> Hurts me to say it. Hated on them all year, but they were. They deserve yeah, we, it. Good work. Yeah, they literally ruined every prediction I made in the playoffs every single yeah. time. So, Same. yeah, the craziest story of the year which is a team slash player thing. It's just all-encompassing, so it doesn't really have a thing. So the nominees are, and you can announce the winner, the nominees are John Gruden, Brian Flores, Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Brown. Craziest story of the year. Those two. Antonio Brown. <laughs> Antonio Brown. 
Um, you want to fill us in on what made this the craziest story of the year? I mean, when a guy is on the field with his shirt off, waving his jersey around, and leaves in the middle of a game, and then goes on a tour of multiple interviews talking about people who have invested into him for, you know, when nobody else would give him a chance and they gave him a chance. And, you know, he, had, he talked about Tom Brady and Tom Brady literally like, you know, was obviously the reason that the Bucks gave him a shot. Um, so between the stuff he was posting on social media, between him running off the field, the lies you, you told me today about the x-ray that wasn't real. I mean, it doesn't get much crazier than that. <laughs> um, yeah, and just some other things. He made a rap song after he left the <laughs> uh, the box called Pit, Not the Palace. Um, I just Googled him, and Antonio Brown will perform at the Rolling Loud Festival in July. Nice. Which um, nice. <laughs> Kanye West will be a part of. So two, two crazy people. Same show. I guess they're really tight though too. So Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anybody quit in the middle of a game. I've seen people quit at the end and walk off, you know, thirty seconds, few seconds left. I've never seen anyone quit in the middle of a game. You know, that's and then the aftermath of him just doing everything. So yeah. I agree. We had some crazy stories this year. Those nominees were tough. Like yeah. Aaron Rodgers, vaccination, not vaccinated. Well, and then you know, then he then he did that media tour before the playoff game. He did that big <laughs> interview and like talked about how life isn't fair for Aaron Rodgers. Basically, like yeah, that dude's wild too, man. I don't know. Yeah. And then Brian Flores. It. What's crazy about Brian is he got a job during during this lawsuit against the NFL, these NFL teams is a team hired him. Like yeah. to me, I would think most teams would be standoffish just because for sure, almost every job in the NFL leads to a firing. Yeah. It seems like, so I thinking mean, about what's going to happen after. <laughs> I'm, I'm biased, obviously. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, it's funny because like, his his the point he's trying to make I agree with like obviously there's not enough minority coaches in the NFL that's obvious when you got like seventy eight percent of the players are minorities um, so that's obvious it's, it's an obvious thing um, I just don't think he's the case study for it like I don't think he's the right guy to be the face of it because you know everybody's like well he won you know what was it seven games in a row or eight games in a row or but he also lost the first seven <laughs> so it's like People forget that he lost the first seven and he has power struggles and you know, I don't know, man. I just I don't think he's he's the guy for it. And then the last thing I'll say about that is when Lovey Smith got the Texans job, did you see the statement that he released? No. It was not the statement of anybody trying to fight for minorities. <laughs> like he was like, Oh, I want to congratulate Lovey Smith as a black coach and congratulations. However, I want to make it clear that like I was a candidate for that job and I, my credentials are better and I should have got that job. And the only reason I didn't get it was because I sued the NFL. It was like, what? Yeah. Lovey Smith has been to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, I mean, say what you want about like credentials, but like, how, how are you fighting for black coaches? And then a black coach gets a job and you're like, Hey man, I'm glad he got the job, but like, I'm way better. And I, he only got it. Cause I did. I sued the NFL. 
like ah, that's yeah that's weak man that's weak so i don't feel bad for that guy <laughs> whatever um the other nominee john gruden do you feel bad for john gruden um, not as bad as you do. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm one of those, like when you're a leader, when you're the face of a franchise and that's what you are, when stuff like that comes out, man, it's cancel culture. You're going to get, you know, you're going to, I mean, I'm not a big cancel culture guy. I think a lot of times people overreact to things and they dig up old tweets and they dig up old emails. And like, there are plenty of things that plenty of us had said behind closed doors that if it came out, we look like, you know, it could be taken out of context and we look bad. Uh, I'm not saying his stuff was taken out of context. I don't condone it, but I, you know, I, I, the difference between my opinion and yours, I guess, is that like, I think he was going to get fired anyway, because now the owner of that team, you know, has, is, is responsible for this guy who has said all this stuff that's racist and he's got a lot of black players. He's got black coaches. Like, I mean, they would have got pressure one way or another to fire him. So I don't think it's really like an NFL thing where the NFL was like, Oh, you got to fire him. I think he was going to get fired anyway, because it's hard to go into work the next day. You know, I, I think it's kind of like, um, what's his face? Uh, urban Meyer, right? Like all the stuff that was happening in urban Meyer, like it's like, dude, that guy's getting fired eventually. Like there's going to be so much pressure from the weird stuff that he's doing and stuff. He's saying he's going out partying with women. Like, I don't know, man. I think as as the coach of a team, like eventually that pressure was going to build and he was going to get fired. Um, do I think that, you know, he should never work again in the NFL? No. You know what I mean? He's, he's a good coach. I think he should, he should get another chance at some point. Like we talked about before we came on here, the Dolphins coach sniffed Coke on video in his office years ago. He got fired and he's on San Francisco staff now, like a couple of years later. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, you know, I think he should get another shot, but. Just kind of what it is. I wasn't. I wasn't shocked that he got fired. I guess. I was like, once it came out, I I did realize I'm like, yeah, he's not going to last long. Something's going to happen. Um, because you know pressure's mounting. He he tried his best. Um, but I was like, if if anyone's going to dodge this, it's him because he's on the Raiders, and they will just their history yeah. of just keeping people that have done things in the past. Like, I think he'll be all right, but I don't know everything that he's sent out. I only read a few of them, like the the stuff at Michael Sam's. And I think he commented about cheerleaders and stuff with the, with the Redskins. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know if he's at racist. But, but, but he, he was a scapegoat, you know, no question. Mm -hmm. He was a scapegoat. All these thousands of emails and all we got is some comments from John Gruden. Like, but the difference between John Gruden. You know, and uh, what's his face that owns the commanders now? I can't, Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder's a billionaire. He owns a team. That guy's not going to get, you know, he's going to slide. He's going to slide under the rug, and the coach is the one who takes the hit for it. That's like Robert Kraft a couple years ago when that scandal came out in Florida. Um, Yeah. (laughs) With the the massage therapist, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Billionaires never get let go. Yeah. And I will say, I will say, had if if when it all shakes out, if when everything is all said and done, if the Brian Flores thing does prove that the Dolphins are going to give him a hundred thousand dollars a loss, then that becomes the craziest story of this year. Like clearly, I mean, if if like an NFL owner really did pay his coach, you know, or offer to pay his coach hundred thousand dollars a loss to lose, that's a pretty big deal when NFL is tied in with gambling and you know all these other different things. You, you got players who are. Busting their 
tails, getting injuries and things like that. And meantime, their owner is like paying them to lose. I don't believe it. Um, but if he's able to prove it, that's, that's a crazy yeah. story. That might be crazier <laughs> than, than AB. <laughs> <laughs> now, where do you stand? Because sports is going through this for probably the last 10 years or maybe more of teams tanking for years and it's known that they're trying to tank to rebuild. You know, you have the Sixers with the trust of process. You have the Kansas City Royals that came out and said, like, give us five years and we'll be good. And then they win a World Series and get to another one. But, like, right now you have, like, seven, It happened with the Bengals. Yeah. The Bengals. Yeah. Yeah. um, Baseball had, I think, eight teams or nine teams last year that were just outwardly saying, we're not trying to be competitive. So, like, like what's the issue with an NFL team tanking? Is it is it them paying, or is this going to ruin sports? Just teams trying to tank to be good in the future. So, I think in the NFL, for some reason, everyone tries to pretend like it doesn't happen in the NFL. Like, people pretty much have accepted like it happens in the NBA, it happens in MLB. You know, MLB teams will cut their salaries; they won't pay anything. You know, and, and their team is horrible. Um, I think the thing with the NFL is like everybody want pretends like wants to pretend like it's not happening, but it obviously is. Like clearly the Colts suck to get Andrew Luck the year that they got him. Like that wasn't like a make believe thing. Like, you know, yeah, they lost Peyton or whatever, but then they were they I mean, they were doing things as an organization, like cutting players, getting rid of players. They were doing things to not be competitive. Um the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals and the Dolphins played the year when Tua and Joe Burrow came out and like the Bengals weren't trying to win that game. I watched the whole game. Like there were just decisions that were made, like, you know, and it was like, whoever lost got Joe Burrow. Like it was everybody knew it was like, whoever lost this game has the first pick. Or I mean, yeah, whoever lost the game would get the first pick. So, I mean, I think people just try to pretend like it's not a thing in the NFL when it obviously is. I mean, you got teams going, Oh, and 16, like how hard is that to do? And then, NFL, you know, um, but I think to me, the thing about the dolphin situation that would make it crazy is the money thing, right? Like if you want to do it by like, and they had what they did, they had to do like the dolphins had to cut their rosters. They, they were over the salary cap. They had a lot of dead money. Like they had to do certain things to get their team right, but do it that way, you know, cut the players you need to cut, make the trades you need to play, you know, you need to, to make, um, and then just kind of deal with the, the consequences of it. Don't kind of go out on the whim and say, okay, coach, <laughs> lose on purpose, you know, and we'll give you money. I think that's when it becomes an issue. Cause even in the NBA, even in the MLB, these teams aren't, they're not trying to win, but they're, they also aren't, they, they don't have coaches out there going like, oh, we're going to lose on purpose, you know, like, hey, I'm going to call a stupid play that I know isn't going to work. They're just kind of cutting their salaries and putting a crappy team on the, you know, on the court. Um, so, you know, I think that's the part that makes it like a big red flag is that there's money involved and like supposedly, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think um, I, from my perspective, I think it was more of a situation like the team was rebuilding. They knew they were rebuilding and it was kind of like, Hey, you're going to take this job. We're not going to be good next year because we're rebuilding, but you're not going to get fired because of it. You know, like don't feel pressured to win because we know, it's going to take a while to kind of turn this thing around. That's how I look at it. But uh, I, I think the gambling thing 
like in the NFL involving themselves with gambling is what's going to make it like a even <laughs> even bigger deal if it turns out to be true because now you got people throwing games on purpose and you know the owners could be making money off that somehow. That's a good point. Um, so we're going to get back to the awards. That was basically <laughs> the commercial break. <laughs> yeah. So a sponsor are, message. Yeah. So we're going to be doing the NFL Player Awards. So I'm going to cue the music. So the awards we have for the players tonight, most improved player. This one will go to a uh, a coach who's not a player, but he falls under the player categories. Um, coach of the year, most disappointing player, and MVP. Um, CJ, let's do a little bit of reverse. Let's do most improved player. Why don't you host this one? All right, most improved player. Am I giving you nominations? Because I don't know the nominations. I just know who won. We just, this goes, most improved player is everybody. All the players in the NFL are nominated for this one. <laughs> All right. So the winner of most improved player is Debo Samuel from the 49ers. Um, Debo went from last year having uh, 33 receptions, 391 yards. Uh, I think he, he obviously missed some games because he only played in seven seven games uh this year he had 1405 yards he was an all pro 121 targets six touchdowns and 365 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns so Debo Samuel went from you know kind of an injury plague year and just as a receiver uh, to 60 rushing attempts basically uh a lot of touchdowns and an all pro player and then and in the uh the playoffs, he, like people that don't follow the West Coast too much, that's on the East Coast and not into that, just kind of more into their teams. They got to see him break out yeah. in the playoffs and really realize how much <laughs> better he has gotten and how he's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the coming future. So, congratulations, Debo. Yeah, yeah. Um, he became a household, you know, a household name. And I don't think, you know, a year or two ago, most people didn't know his name. Yep. So we're going to go from the most improved to the most disappointing. Um, everybody's nominated for this in the NFL as well. Um, but the person to take it home tonight belongs to the Cleveland Browns. And that is Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, congratulations. You disappointed us. Your commercials weren't funny either. They were terrible. You disappointed <laughs> us on, on two levels. <laughs> um, but Baker Mayfield this year in quarterbacks was one of the worst. Um, in terms of just stats, he had 17 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. 
threw for 3,000 yards, and we were thinking Ben Roethlisberger had a terrible season. We're like, he's old, he's, you know, he's breaking down. He threw for 700 more yards than Baker Mayfield, which is basically two more games, you know? That's crazy. Um, his QB rating, Baker Mayfield's, is not that good. <laughs> um, it falls as one of the worst. Um, falls in the 80s. He's not even on the on the first page out of all the quarterbacks. Um, he just disappointed everybody, and his team didn't make the playoffs. You know, um, is there anything else you want to add to to Baker Mayfield's? Well, I mean, reasoning? his receive his receivers are running away from him too. Like, <laughs> I mean, o- Odell Beckham wanted to get out of there. They're saying now Jarvis Landry wants to be traded. He wants to go somewhere else. I mean, like. You had a really good receiving core. You played pretty bad, and now your receivers don't even want to be on the team anymore. So that's about as disappointing as you can get when your receivers don't want to play with you anymore. Yeah. Out of all the starting quarterbacks, he had the worst QB rating. Um, I'm looking it up now. But um, congratulations, Baker. Maybe next year you can win most improved and completely flip the script. There we Um, go. Time will tell. Um, I will do coach of the year because I know it may disappoint you. <laughs> and then you can do the, uh, the MVP. So coach of the year, all 32 coaches are in on this. But there's one that stood out a little bit more than the others. And I just want to say congratulations to Zach Taylor. You are coach of the year. Um, you took a team that was one of the worst in the NFL, to a Super Bowl, three points or four points shy of winning the Super Bowl. And you did that despite having one of the worst offensive lines in the playoffs, giving up eight sacks, nine sacks a game. You were still able to keep these games close. And the future looks bright in your, in your city and your team. So congratulations, Zach. Kudos. Yep. Um, <laughs> My turn. Yep, it is your turn. I don't want to is. talk about Zach Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I took that one just just for you. <laughs> um, this next one is going to be hosted by CJ. So we're going to talk about the league MVP. Um, so obviously, everybody in the league is nominated for this. Lots and lots of players that. You know, it's kind of a hard decision to make when you're you're choosing between everybody. Um, and we went out of the norm here, and the winner of the MVP award goes to Cooper Cup from the Rams. Um, and there's a lot of reasons. So clap it up for Cooper. Come on up here and get your award. Uh, but Cooper Cup, first and foremost, he had a thousand more yards than he had the previous year. Here, so like 147 receiving yards. Yeah, he just he just wasn't forced to be reckoned with. 1947 receiving yards and Super, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, both the the playoff games, like he stepped up in playoff games. The, obviously, in the Super Bowl, he stepped up. A lot of his team was hurt, and he kind of carried the team on his back. He got Super Bowl MVP, uh, and then the playoff game before that. 
you know, he made those big catches where everybody knew the ball was going to go to him and he was open. He made the play. So um, I think the Super Bowl MVP just capped off like one of the craziest seasons I've seen for a wide receiver. I mean, he he had the same amount of yards as like some of the worst quarterbacks. I feel like he almost had as many receiving yards as Baker Mayfield had passing. <laughs> so let's put it in a perspective there. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I mean, he just had, he had a crazy season. Um, and I, you know, it's like, it's easy to say Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or somebody, but I feel like both of those guys had like disappointing finishes to their season and Cooper just continued to push through and uh, prove he was a force to reckon with. So. Yeah, there's just some stats. Yeah, second place in receiving yards had 300 less. Um, he had yeah he had more touchdown re- touchdown receptions than Baker had touchdown passes, and that's a starting quarterback for 17 games. <laughs> like that's impressive. Yeah, um, right. He had 30 catches of 20 plus yards, nine <laughs> of 40. Like it's incredible. And no fumbles, you know. And yeah, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, no fumbles. <clears throat> yeah, like what what he did. I wonder the next how long it's going to take for another wide receiver to hit those types of numbers. Um, yeah, I, dude, that's. I was like trying to think. I'm like, what? Is, what is the most receiving yard in NFL history? I like. I don't even know. Did he break that record? I don't think I don't know if he broke it, but we also have one extra game this um, this year. So I think eventually someone's going to break this. Uh, whatever. Most okay, so Calvin Johnson had nineteen sixty four. Calvin Johnson had nineteen sixty four. Cooper Cup had nineteen forty seven. So just you know what they both have in common? Just under. What do they both have in common? Matthew Stafford. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm th- I'm like, what? They go to the same college? <laughs> I'm sitting here. No. Uh, Think a yeah. deeper, like a deeper level thing. I'm like, what happened? Yeah, yeah but that I, is I interesting that the top two I don't know if we'll see. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um but that, that is that is interesting. And, and I, I Jones after that with eighteen. What year? What year was Calvin Johnson's? Oh man, I just closed out of it. Uh, <laughs> it was twenty twelve. Okay, so ten years a apart. Long time ago. But I, I, you know, I would even say like the difference, though, right? Mm-hmm. Like Calvin Johnson was all the, the Lions had. That's it. They didn't have anybody else. There was nobody else on the lines. It was Calvin Johnson and Matt Stafford. Like, and they had Sue, I guess, on defense. But I can't think of enough. I mean, they had a lot of, like, first round picks guys for Boston. Like, they didn't really work. Talented team. And, you know, people still knew they were going, they were going to him. And, like, he played with Odell Beckham, not for the whole season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just go out there and do what he did and dominate the way he did. And, Let's not – I mean, he's not like a Calvin Johnson or a Julio Jones size athlete. You know what I mean? Like both of those guys, because those are the other two in the top three. Those are like freakish athletes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, shout out to Cooper Cup, man. So we have one other – or two other things to go over. This this award is 
uh, a side award. It's most entertaining game. We brought it. We um, we decided it was either between the Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers, Week 17, or the NFL playoff game of the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs. And congratulations, Buffalo and Kansas City. You won for most exciting game of the year. Um, we talked about that. You can check it out a few podcasts ago. Um, the Vegas Chargers game, it was close. Whoever lost was out of the playoffs. Whoever won was in. If they tied, they both were in and Pittsburgh was out. And it went to overtime on a last-second kick. And we also discussed <laughs> discussed uh, the Chargers' decision to call a timeout. Mm. But um, if you want to rewatch any game th- this year, we highly recommend the Buffalo-Kansas City game with Las Vegas and the Chargers a close second. Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree anymore. (laughs) I was going to say, we already talked about that game in depth. A lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about both of those games. uh, If people want to go check those out. But um, the last thing we're going to do as we wrap this up is we have some bold predictions for the off season and going into the next season. Um, This is not saying like, Hey, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win first in the division. We're talking bold <laughs> predictions. Something that, you know, has a low chance of happening, but you think could happen. You have the have the courage. That's like saying in the playoffs, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl. That's a bold prediction. <laughs> so, CJ, what kind of yep. bold prediction do you have for us for the next Man, season? You- you scared me out of it because I, I I had a bold prediction. I'm like, is it that bold, really? <laughs> um, so my prediction is that I think uh, that Russell Wilson um, will either play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year or uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my that's my that's my uh, that's my prediction. I think he's, you know, that uh, that relationship in Seattle is it's been rocky the last couple of years. I don't think he wants to be a part of a rebuild. You know, I think he's going to look for teams that he can step into and, um, you know, contribute and they'll get in the playoffs and, and play right away. Obviously, Tampa Bay would be probably his first choice. Um, if you're just, I mean, maybe, who knows? Because who knows how many players don't return because of Brady. But, um, yeah, I think he ends up in Pittsburgh or Tampa Bay. Ours are kind of aligned. My bold prediction is four starting quarterbacks this past season will be starting on different teams in the next season. And I'm just going to say a few that I think this might not be it, but I think Carson Wentz will be on a different team starting. I think Russell Wilson will be on a different team. Um, This one is really tough, but I think Aaron Rodgers might be on a different team. Okay. And uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I want to say five, but I'm not that bold. I don't know if Tennessee is going to get rid of Tannehill yet nah. to uh, to make it around five. But I'm thinking those four, minimum three, are definitely going to be starting on different teams. And Rodgers, maybe not, maybe not, and then somebody else can fit in. But I think four starters in the NFL are going to be on different teams. Um, I'm not sure if two of those guys start next year. No? 
I don't think Carson. I mean, I don't think Carson Lentz starts. I mean, he's got to go to. Uh, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to think what team is like in dire need of a quarterback, and he kind of fits what they do. Um, I guess it depends. It depends where he goes. There's there's teams who obviously need a quarterback, but he's not a fit everywhere. I don't think. Yeah. Um, I also think uh, this is a side note bowl prediction that Deshaun Wack Deshaun Watson will play an NFL game next year. Ooh, I think he'll be in jail. Exactly. <laughs> on his way to jail. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, but I do think he he. Yeah, I think he's one of those quarterbacks who gets traded. I think he finally gets traded. I think Texans got to do it at some point in time. So, my yeah. I, I I do have a second bold prediction that I wanted to say, and I'll just throw it out there. Um, I think that the let me think of how to word this right. Um, I think we'll have another rookie wide receiver next year make the Pro Bowl because it's just the rookie wide receiver mm-hmm. class that's coming out is really good. Um. But that second year group, uh, that Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle and and Smith, like those guys are going to make noise too, man. Like I'm trying to, like I want to predict so many of them are going to go to the Pro Bowl, but it's hard because like a lot of them are in the same conference, so it's kind of like hard to hard to say. But I think uh, we were talking about Cooper Cup. I think receivers are going to continue to have crazy numbers because the receivers coming into the league now are just insane. Yeah, uh, I just watched. The Terry Bradshaw documentary on HBO. Yeah. And he was going over some of his stats. And he led the NFL in passing one year. And he said, guess how many touchdowns I threw? And it was 28. (laughs) 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 And, like, that doesn't do anything now. And he said, like, in four games, people beat that. So we're becoming a passing league. So, yeah, these wide receivers are going to. You know, these numbers are just going to get more ridiculous. And the way they can catch now, you look at these one-handed catches, they're getting better and better, like on the sidelines and everything. So, yeah, I can see, like, these rookies coming out just dominating right off the bat. It's kind of, it's kind of like what we saw in the NBA for a few years. Yeah. With these young guys coming in and tearing it up. Yeah, I mean, the receivers the last couple of years, man, have been really good. And, I mean, you had the, um, the Justin Jefferson, like that draft class. I can't remember everybody who came out with, I think, Jerry Judy. It was like a few guys. Uh, what's his face from the Raiders? But he he won't be playing football anytime soon. Um, We'd even put that as a nomination for craziest story. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. I forgot about that till just now. Honestly, I forgot all about that. Um, but yeah, those, that class of receivers was really good. And then this year with uh, you know Jamar Chase and Smith, and then uh, Jalen Waddle, like all those dudes were really good. So yeah, I don't know, man. Just see, it seems like these wide receivers are coming out of college more NFL ready. And then the past, or maybe it's just because they throw the ball a lot more. Um, I think the Rams may suffer a Super Bowl slump too. But yeah, I'm just getting greedy so. with my predictions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my predictions, I was like, because I've heard rumors that Tom Brady wanted to go to San Fran before he went to the Niners, and they said no. Yeah. So then he went to the he went to Tampa Bay, and now I've heard like, hey, since you retired. And San Fran needs a quarterback. Yeah, he's going to go to the San Fran. And they're, you know they're, how that they're, happened? I think. Did you hear how it happened? Like why he didn't go to San Francisco? No. So what I I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember. Maybe Ben Albright. So I was listening to somebody's mm-hmm. podcast, and they were saying that uh, 
you know, Brady met with Kyle Shanahan and they talked and um, Brady started talking about all these things that, uh, or I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan started talking about all these things that Brady would need to do in his offense um, to, to improve. Like basically saying like, we're not just going to run what you've been running for years. You got to come fit into what we do. And he was like telling him the things he'll have to do in his system. And Brady got mad and started telling him things he should have did in the Super Bowl when the Patriots came back and beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl. This is this is what they were saying on the podcast. And like Kyle Shanahan, like got you know he got pissed about it and then just was like, "Yeah, forget this." And kind of you know that was kind of like the end of that thing. Their their egos kind of clash in their meeting, uh, and there that went. <laughs> That's a great story. I hope it's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean both, it, are, it, both are super competitive dudes, man. Yeah. But, I mean, it's like, I guess you have a right to tell Tom Brady things he could do better. Yeah. Because you're the most, coach. Most but coaches will Yeah. But he also kicked your ass in the Super Bowl and embarrassed you. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the thing with that prediction is hard is because, like Bruce Arians said the other day, it was like, if Tom Brady decides he wants to unretire, we're not going to accommodate his request to go anywhere. He just said that like yesterday yeah. or the day before. So I don't know. That's tricky. And they're also saying Tom Brady wants to be a minority owner in the Dolphins. There's like all this weird stuff with Tom Brady, man. So I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. It's it's yeah. all out there. You never know. If he comes out for every place where they'll be in contention for Super Bowl, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where it yeah. goes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, thank you, CJ, for doing these NFL episodes. Thank you all for listening. Um, you can find us at the podcast on everything.com or any major platform where podcasts are found. You can also email the show info at the podcast and everything.com. And um, yeah, we'll see you guys soon for some more content. So thank you for listening.